0: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms.
1: This is Rod Peterson On Demand. The Blue Jays are hitting the road to take on the Yankees in New York in a four-game series. Alec Manoa will get the start for Toronto. But I'm following on Twitter. I see everybody's excited. And I'll tell you what struck me was Toronto's Pearson Airport on Saturday. There was Blue Jay gear as far as the eye could see. Yeah. And I thought people are coming from all across the country just for the home opener. Do you not get the sense that we're, we're back?
0: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
1: Oh, we are absolutely back. Uh, we are back at Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. And, yeah, we're having a lot of fun. It is hour two of the program. It is episode number 736 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. You have to understand this is live television. It's live broadcasting because we're streaming on video. We've got sports radio going at rodpeterson.com. We're welcoming in Lee Genier here from uh, our program, sports fame, pro basketball champion, CFL champion, all the rest. But I'm, going to just put, I'm just going to put it out here, because this is what people, I think, enjoy about the show, is the realness of it. And it's a little... I can see how it might be a little confusing for people, Lee. Yesterday, we are in the casino side. Today, we're in the event center side. We'll be here for two weeks, and we're going back to the casino for two weeks. Jamie McCown, the flame's great, is somewhere in between trying to find us. He's wandering around. Is that right? That's the word that I'm getting. So I just want to put He's it coming. out to whoever needs to know... It's best to be in one spot. It's so much less confusing for the guests and the people. But again, I just sit in front of the mic and talk. That's all that I do. I hear a voice coming down the hallway, Lee, so yeah, do you want to before he shows up, you tell me your th- he's looking over his shoulder here. Yeah, tell it me. looks
0: like, uh, like you Jamie didn't hear coming him. down.
1: Tell me yeah. what you uh, remember about Jamie McCown.
0: Oh, just a tenacious player. Like, yeah, Jamie, just a great guy and tenacious player um, growing up watching him. So, you know, excited to have him here,
1: right? So, well, we I got mean, him. We got him. So I'll let, put the camera on me, guys, if you don't mind, and then we'll swap there. You see him coming around. Appreciate you, Jamie. Lee, if you guys will swap it out. And I'm just going to tell you something about oh, Jamie McCown. That one of the top real estate guys in the city. We'll give him a minute to catch his breath, make himself at home, 1,128 NHL games. He's from Hamilton, Ontario, the Hammer, 82 to 92 with the Flames, 91 to 98 with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then wound, wound it all up with the Detroit Red Wings with a couple. So 1,128 games is not small, but that's got to be plugged in, Lee. Oh, we're not plugged in? <laughs> I'll use the earbud. You're okay with the earbuds? In all your right. or whatever you'll call them. There you go. Why not? So he found it. I appreciate you. How you doing, Jamie? Doing good. How are you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing good. Uh, we'll get you all settled in here, ready to talk some hockey. On a game night, by the way, for the Flames with the Seattle Kraken in town. And I got to tell our listeners that last hour, if you missed it, Shane Knighty of the Golden Knights broadcast crew was with us previewing the big game in Vancouver tonight for Vegas. So it's, it's playoff hockey there. There you go are you getting them good i uh, go
2: maybe reverse them maybe not, not very often i have these in my ears <laughs> gotcha. if we have to switch them over to headphones we'll do that you found it you were good yeah i was at the wrong door apparently wouldn't be the first time so like i say, it's a little confusing around here are you familiar with gray eagle i've been here a couple times it's a cool uh, spot. For, yeah for some functions yes yeah, it was nice so i checked the fr- the uh, the door it was locked so i said oh I, obviously a day like today with the weather inside the casino going through the inside and obviously that was a mistake
1: <laughs> but it's busy over there this place rocks 24 7 man i love it Well, this jamie i'm sorry to get it i said i was a little excited i'm a longtime fan here to have you on so i appreciate you coming down to chat hockey are you getting any vibe of
2: flames days of old in the city
1: now with how good this team is
2: well, you know what? It's, uh, it's been a long time. You know, 2004 was kind of a Cinderella story where they uh, kind of came out of nowhere and went, obviously, all the way to the finals and probably should have won that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, for a lot of years, it's been kind of a one- or two-man show here. You've had, uh, you know, Jerome McGinley and, uh, and, and Mika Kiprasoff. Between the two of them, they could carry, you know, pretty well any team. And, they, and when Kipper was on and, and Jerome was on, I mean, they were still fun to watch. It was great. It was a great, uh, great atmosphere. But uh, for the layperson, uh, you don't realize the, the deficiencies in the teams. Uh, this team right now, uh, the way they're they're uh, plugging along, you know, I, I don't want to say flying along because uh, Sutter would be mad, right? He nothing could be fancy with him. Just yeah. plug plugging along. Do your job. And uh, these guys are playing well. There's a lot of guys out there that are pulling on the same rope at the same time. And uh, I mean, I'll use Milan Lucic as as maybe the best example. A lot of people that don't follow hockey, uh, you know, kind of go like, "Why is he even on the team? Why is that guy there?" Well, you know what? Every time he's on the ice, something's happening, right? And uh, (laughs) and he's got a bunch of goals, and uh, he brings a real uh, spark to the team. And uh, any good team whether you have superstars or not, if you don't have those, you know, third line guys, the fourth line guys uh, playing well, you're not going anywhere.
1: Would you compare him then to a Tim Hunter in 89? Who would have been that guy in 89?
2: Uh, you know you have a bunch? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, I mean, right now, if you were to, I mean, even though I believe uh, Calgary is probably the, the toughest they've been for at least a decade, you know, they've got uh, a number of guys that are willing to hit, a number of guys that are willing to uh, get in the middle of it and take a punch, give a punch, those sorts of things. And, and that's what you need. You know, the, the, the hockey purists, you know, that uh, out there, that, or at least they think they're hockey purists, they always go, oh, back in the old days with Montreal or back in the old days with Toronto, you know, those were, you know, skilled teams and everything. Yeah, they had skill, but they were also the toughest team in the league. And, you know, when when Philadelphia won, they were the toughest. When Boston was winning, they had tough guys. And when Toronto and Montreal were winning, they had tough guys as well. So you just can't, even in this new game, uh, you can't win without being team tough. And, uh, you know, like, I guess the big question, if you were to go north, you know, three hours from here, you know, with the superstars that Edmonton has, are they tough enough to win? Uh, Are they good enough to win? And um, I think if you were to look at... uh, the both teams right now, I think, I think everyone would probably acknowledge that McDavid is a, is a little bit of a step above uh, what Calgary has and, and Dreisaitl's playing uh, incredible. But I think most people right now would say that Calgary's the better team and over a seven-game series, Calgary would win. But it's interesting because we've been up here a lot this winter
1: doing the show from here, and at the first half of the season, the Flames couldn't beat Edmonton. And then the last two, you've killed them here right so i don't know what's changed you know just the metamorphosis of a team through a season or what you know what i'm saying because the flames people were saying are kryptonites the orders
2: well it's always been you know back <laughs> back when i played i mean uh, calgary uh, had a pretty strong team you know i came in 83 and they very quickly got a lot stronger uh but you still had to go through edmonton i mean the whole smite division back then was strong i mean vancouver had good teams winnipeg had good teams and uh unfortunately for winnipeg and vancouver they get overlooked a lot simply because they never made it to the finals they never you know won a cup uh but they were strong teams and um you know what's the difference uh you know obviously even though i played a lot of games i'm not in that dressing room right now i don't know what's the difference but i think part of it has to be the comfort level of your superstars or stars or you want to call them here Um, Johnny and, and, uh, and Lindholm and and Chuck and, and who, you know, just start going down. Those guys feel comfortable going out there because they know that if they go into the corners, uh, if something happens, they've got, you know, guys on their team that are going to back them. And, uh, you know, everybody who doesn't really play the game thinks, oh, I would do it. Like, I'm, uh, I'm not scared of anybody. Well, you know, when you're getting your head hammered into the glass, and it, uh, it, it takes a toll on you. Not a lot of fun. No, it's not. And uh, you get, get the odd cut, and it does take a toll on you. And uh, I think maybe that's the big difference right now. The, the Our best line is really comfortable right now. They're playing well, and our second line's comfortable. And then you start looking down, and like, well, what's our third or fourth line doing? They're hustling, and they're really, you know, giving her. I mean, they're maybe not having quite as much success in scoring, but it's a tough, a tough line to play against
1: you. Uh, well, this is a rhetorical, maybe dumb question, but I'm famous for those. One of the first things out of your mouth was the Oh four Stanley cup final. When you sat down here. And one thing I've noticed is they're not over it here. They may never get over it. If they won the Stanley cup with this team or down the line, would it make some people get over it? I don't just answer that. And then I'll go. Well,
2: you know, uh, Rhett Warner's, uh, on our alumni or with our alumni. And, um, and uh, some of the most fun that we have is bugging him about the fact he didn't win a cup. <laughs> it's like, I think he went to the finals four, uh, three times and, and unfortunately didn't win it uh, any of the times. But uh, that's all just good, good-natured humor. But I think uh, the reality is if the uh, the cameras were set up the way they are now, um, you know, the puck was clearly over. But, you know, what do you do? You play with the rules of the day and, uh, and Calgary probably should have been the winner there in game six. And, uh, you know, that might have made a bit of a difference for some of the, you know, I hate to say long-suffering fans, but because uh, mm-hmm. there's Toronto down the way a little bit, has been a little bit longer. But um, I think uh, Calgary, you know, fans, uh, the ones who have been sticking with the team for, you know, thick and thin, um, realize that this team is strong. I mean, are we as good as Colorado, who seems to be the, the class of the West? We'll find out, right? Uh, hopefully we'll find out. Um, and are we, you know, if we, the good news is that once you get to the finals, you don't have to go through, you know, Pittsburgh and Washington and Florida and Tampa and Carolina, you only have to go through one, right? You just one team. So if you get to the finals, it's, it's one team versus one other team, depending upon the injuries, depending upon the, you know, the confidence, uh, anything can happen. The reason I asked if it would help people get over it
1: was. I was the voice of the Rough Riders for 20 years, and I called the Grey Cup here that we, the 13th man, the last play of the game. We got too many men, right, and we lose the game. We ended up winning it in 2013, but you don't get over it because that's a different team, right? So Kipper, Rich Preston, any of those guys with the team in 04, you don't you don't ever get over that.
2: Well, the fans it, might be able to, but... Yeah, it's, it's opportunity lost. I mean, yeah. I, the, like, uh, I think well, all... I mean, I, I was... I, I don't know how I made the NHL. I was just very fortunate. I just seemed to bounce back and forth and ended up getting signed and played for a lot of years. But for the majority of the people, uh, especially back in the, uh, in, the, in the Western Hockey League, it's a lot of work to get to the NHL. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're sacrificing home life. You're sacrificing your high school sometimes. And then you get on those buses, and you're spending eight, 10, 12, 14 hour trips, and uh, so anybody who makes it at the NHL after going through that major A route and especially in the West, uh, you deserve you know a little pat on the back because it's, it's a tough, it's a tough hole, and uh, you know so with all that in mind and finally get to the finals, maybe the only time for a majority of the guys that were on the team uh, and to lose it that way or not or maybe they should say it. To not win it that way, uh, it's still got to grind them a little bit. Uh,
1: Well, if you ask how you made the NHL, you were never minus ever in Calgary. Never. That happened in Toronto a little bit. Minus 14. I watched, Jamie. I know what type of player you were, obviously. But those great Flames teams, you must feel kind of blessed, I would think.
2: To you know, part of that. I was I was pretty lucky to talk to different uh, guys who have played and, uh, you know, they you know, some of the guys played for like seven or eight different teams because they were either just good enough to get traded for or maybe just not good enough to be on the team, so they were traded away. Um, I, I came to Calgary in 83 just when Calgary was starting to get strong. Um, we had a really strong team for a lot of years, and then I got traded away. Uh, dougie riseborough uh, didn't like my style of play, I guess, or something. Didn't uh, like strong defensive play. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> uh, well, said it. Um, but you know, I, I think I think if you were to ask Doug. You know, that he got it. He he was trying to make a mark, and a lot of GMs when they first get in, you know, especially in their first couple of years, they want to make a mark and prove, hey, I'm as good as all the rest of the GMs out there. So I'm going to make this bold move. Um, you know, if Lehman, you know, didn't hit the the crossbar and the post a few times and got his confidence back, maybe everything changes, but he didn't. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing was, you know, reporters, you know, maybe yourself included, they do a lot of research that hockey players don't. And I remember coming back a year later to Calgary and they said, Hey, do you realize And I don't know how many points I had, like 17 or something, or not, not many. Anyways, they said, you have more points than all the other guys that were traded from Toronto to Calgary right now, you know, and I said, I'm going to let Lehman? Like, like, it was just, it was just, unfortunately, it was just a terrible uh, turn of events for the Calgary Flames, because they ended up getting five guys, and after about two years, the only guy there was Baruby, and he was there, obviously, to be more physical, not a, not a uh, goal scorer, and, you know, Dougie Gilmore just kind of came into his own, I was lucky enough to play quite a few more years, uh, so it is a bit of a lopsided, uh trade. uh, trade, um, and, and really put Calgary behind for a lot of years. And, uh, I think that's something that, uh, if you were to ask me, what's the number one question I get asked, it's either like, Hey, what's it like to win the cup and which cup was better Calgary or, or Detroit. And then maybe the third most, que- uh, uh, asked question is about the trade. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I, you know, I try to be polite and everything, but it was, it was a mistake. I think, um, I think if we hadn't traded Dougie away, and hopefully myself, I could have contributed as well, that Calgary would have stayed stronger for a lot more years and maybe had another two or three chances to at least take a run at the cup. Right. Well, look at the path that it set the Flames on for the entire
1: 90s. They didn't come out of it for 10, 15 years, right, after yeah. that. But, look, we're going to break. You got? Can you stay for one more segment? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So we covered the Flames side of things. When we come back, you mentioned Doug Gilmore. We'll talk about the Leafs side of things. With for you and the wings. And I did a banquet with Killer in Moose Jaw one night and I said, Would you mind opening it up to the crowd for questions? And he said, Yes, but no questions about the high stick in ninety-three. <laughs> Still wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> He's bitter. <laughs> so I'll talk about that. So Leaf fans stick around. More with Jamie McCown coming up after this break. You're watching the RP Show live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino on the Game Plus TV network. We're across all 10 provinces in 31 states. Also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
0: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
1: You're looking at it live, the event center for all future guests. You see event center on the uh, west side. That's where we're broadcasting from today. And we'll be here for two weeks and then back over to the casino side after that. And i tell you what, this has been better than I even imagined. Jamie McCown here, Flames great, Leafs great, Red Wings great, two times Stanley Cup champion. I'll open it up to your questions now because I selfishly wanted to get my questions out for Jamie. And I told him that there's a town in Saskatchewan named McCoon. And you got a story behind that.
2: You got to tell the viewers what you well, just told me. Yeah, I was actually driving through a number of years ago through Saskatchewan on the way back home. I figured I'd take the family and do everything. And then I, you know, I didn't even realize where I was going. Drove right into McCoon or, or McCowan. And <laughs> uh, like, it's not a big town. It has like a co-op gas station slash, you know, convenience store uh and uh you know it's a, it's a farming area and so i actually went in there they were just celebrating their 100th anniversary i believe it was and so i went in there and said listen do you have anything that has the name on it like a sweater or jackets or anything and i guess you know they only make so many of them and the only thing they had left was lighters. so i bought like a dozen lighters with mccowan on them and but i had to explain to them that it's it's mccowan not McCoon. and then they told me i didn't know what i was talking about so i said all right I'm good with that. But it's named after a relation of yours. Yeah, it is. It's, re- it's named after a, uh, a relative on my dad's side, obviously. And uh, he was working for the British government way back when, and he was a botanist. And, uh, you know, good news, bad news is he's one of the reasons why the capital of Alberta is in Edmonton versus Calgary. Because when he came out for a couple of years, Calgary was having a real dry spell and Edmonton was all lush and green. And so, you know, it's not like you flew out every day on the plane. They said, oh, Edmonton, Lush, Calgary, no right. good. Yeah, no good. <laughs> so wow. That's, yeah, and that's, that's a little interesting. As a botanist, yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is,
1: we'll be in Estevan broadcasting this show live May 20th to the 29th Centennial Cup. And Craig Button and I will be speaking at the Esteban Bruins Annual Sportsman's Dinner Thursday, May 26th. So get your tickets. Uh, it'll be in the Power Dodge Curling Center. So... I'm sorry, I'm just such a hockey nerd. You mentioned the Western Hockey League guys getting to the NHL. You were a
2: Junior A guy who went the college route. Was that an easy decision for you? Uh, very easy. Because, I mean, actually, I didn't go Major A. I went Junior A. And, That's what uh, I meant. Yeah. And, yeah and I, but the people out in the West don't realize that. They go, what do you mean? You're an A or you're not an A? Like, it's like, well, out there, there was so much population, so many towns. You had a lot of Junior A, Junior B, Junior C. Uh, then you had Major A. And uh, I played on a, a hockey team growing up. We had a small town of about 11,000 when I first moved in there into Newmarket. And um, just by the grace of God, you know, had, you know, like 70 other eight, nine guys that all played at the same time. We went all the way up together uh, on what we called the travel team. or you yep. know, And we went to the all of uh, all Ontario finals six times won it five times. Like we just had an incredibly good team and come first year of midget um we had a couple guys say oh you should go play second year you know bump yourself up get ready for major i didn't go that route and the two of our guys did and they were quite good on our team and then they both had an opportunity to go to major a and uh it didn't work out well you know it was just a very physical sport back then and lots of uh fighting and our guys just weren't ready and uh you know i shouldn't say that it crushed them but it, it kind of took the, the the spirit out of the out of them and uh I was relatively strong in school, so I had an opportunity to go down to a number of different schools, and for whatever reason, I picked Ohio State, Um, just met some guys, watched the game, talked to them afterwards, and and, uh, I had no clue what I wanted to do in my life, and they said, well, you can be, you know, at this university, it's a state school, yes, and you can be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, you can be whatever you want, and uh, so that's how I picked it, and just one thing led to another, and uh, I actually got injured my second year, blew my knee out, had full const- uh, reconstruction, and, and that, even though it was a painful uh, situation, that was the reason I made the NHL, because for the first time ever, I actually worked out, and, uh, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> I, you had to, yeah. I had to, I, you yeah. know, I was just one of those guys, I was very lucky, I was naturally uh, uh, in shape, if you want to call it that, a little bit better than now, and, um Uh, that's the first time I actually worked out and I did a lot of squats and a lot of bench press and stuff and so starting the year three very first game um we were I can't remember Michigan Michigan State wherever we were um I hit a kid and he kind of went through the glass and uh the glass shattered and what have you and then my coach at the end of that first game says okay give me until Christmas and I'm looking at him, I'm going like, oh, "Give you for what? What? What, what? what have I done? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll start all over. What did I do wrong?" And uh, he says, "No. He says all those uh, guys up in there, those are scouts for the NHL, and they were there to look at the guy you just threw through the glass." And uh, so I said, "Okay. Well, uh, I will give you till Christmas, and then I, you know, I'll wait until Sunday because you got to wait till Sunday to get the cheap uh, telephone call." Mm. And then I called my parents and said, "Yeah, there's a chance that I might uh, have a you know, to go to the NHL or something. And like, you know, I still, and then as, uh, as a couple more games went along, more scouts showed up. And then I realized the opportunity was, uh, was real. I'm going to
1: fast forward a bit in your career. Cause I, so I just looked up the Wikipedia of Jamie McCown and for our younger viewers, they won't understand this. Like I'm going to read a paragraph about your trade. Okay? okay. From your Wikipedia midway through the season, McCown was involved in a blockbuster trade centered on Doug Gilmore that was, at the time, the largest in NHL history. Have you read this? I mean, you knew it. You were part of it. Yeah. This is what it says. On January 2nd, 1992, Calgary sent Doug Gilmore, Jamie McCown, Rick Natris, Rick Wamsley, and Kent Manderville to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Gary Lehman, Craig Barube, Alexander Gadenyuk, Michelle Petit, and Jeff Reese. The 10-player deal was credited as being the catalyst to a significant improvement in Toronto's fortunes on the ice. And sent the flames going the other way. So you fast forward to the ninety. You didn't want to go to Toronto, is the sense
2: that I'm getting? Well, no, you know, and nobody did. And, and and it's it sounds silly, but you know, the Calgary Flames ownership group back in the day, I was here. We're all really good family people. And I like I'll give you a quick example. P- people won't understand this. I got a slap shot, broke my orbital bone, and uh, and I they had to wrap my wrap me up. So I was I spent like seven days in the hospital with my eyes wrapped. Uh, you know, a little concerned of actually losing, losing sight. And while I'm there, uh, one of the owner's wives had gone and baked cookies. <laughs> you know, her name was uh, Becky Hotchkiss, and she's an incredible cook. And she baked cookies and some, you know, breads and stuff, came to the hospital, sat with me for like two hours, holding my hand, talking to me about stuff. I was like 23, 24. And, you know, I'm telling people this later on, like people that have been traded to Calgary or Toronto, like this is what happens in Calgary. And they're going like, I don't think I ever met my owner. Like, I don't even know who he is. And uh, (laughs) so because of that, you know, a lot of the guys in Calgary never wanted to leave because we were treated very fairly. Um, But and this might sound stupid now because the numbers are so different. I offered Doug Risborough. I said, I will sign a three year deal for a million dollars, like not, not a million per year, a million total. And so, and it was all in Canadian dollars. And I said, I just, you know, let me do this and a couple of little things I wanted to do. And obviously that was no good. I was no, I, I, as, as he put it, I was no damn good. <laughs> yeah. So I get traded to, uh, to Toronto and within a month, I've signed like a 3 million US deal. And uh, I'm going like. Makes it a little better. I think I should have been traded all along. <laughs> so. right. But here's what I don't
1: get. And I want to get to the 93 Eastern, or I guess would be Western final. But I'm surrounded by all these young Leaf fans. Our producer, Clark, who you've been dealing with, my co host, Darren, who's not here today. But they're all young, but they're Leaf fans. And I look at it and go, how could you be Leaf fans? For instance, I just did a dinner with Lanny Saturday night in Assiniboia. Lanny doesn't even want to talk about the Leaf days. Rick Vive would rather not really talk about the Leaf days. You know what I mean? Because I grew up with them being a dumpster fire. Yeah. But I guess the kids don't see it that way. I don't know. They've kind of, but they still haven't won anything. I don't see how the Leafs are so popular, Jamie, is what I'm getting at. Well, And even now they are.
2: Well, you have what? What do you got? About 8 million people? That's what it is? 8 million people within uh, two hours of Toronto? Well, they have to be if they're from there. It's the Western Canadian Leaf fans that I don't get. Well, they said my dad grew up a Leaf fan and he moved from Ontario. That must be it. And, uh, I mean, when I was growing up, I, I was a Leaf fan, but I was also a Montreal fan because my older brother was a Leaf fan, <laughs> right? So you couldn't vote, you couldn't go for the same guys. And, uh, you know, like I've, I've met quite a few people when I was down in Toronto, obviously, uh, you know, when like a Daryl Sittler and, right. you know, and some of the older guys that you, you see in all the old pictures. Also nice. I mean, that, I mean that's one thing that uh, that uh, I guess th- they didn't get beat out of them by uh, by the owners down there is the <laughs> fact that uh, you know they were brought up as good people and they stayed good people. And um, um, I played in the old Maple Leaf Gardens, and i one of the first days I remember getting out and uh, saying, "Oh, I got to go on hockey night in Canada." I'm going, "Oh, where do I have to go?" And he go, "Oh, it's right there. Like yeah, you, literally walk six feet and that under the old place, yeah, underneath yeah. the stands, right. where it's." like stuff's dripping down and in that one little area where where Ron and, and and uh and Don Cherry were that was the only dry area right and uh but playing in the playing in the in the gardens was just incredible the fans were right there and you know they you could hear everything so if you're having a good game you heard it if you're having a bad game you heard that too miss it well
1: yeah and I remember when when I was there Harold Ballard was long past but the. Ballard's bunker was still there, as the, the vaunted where he watched the games, right? So obviously he didn't want to go, but it ended up being great for you, is what you're telling me.
2: Yeah, my dad uh, lived up the, up the street there in New and uh, I had just had a child, or, or no, I didn't, my wife, the wife did. Right. And uh, in the, so the child was like two days old when we got traded. And, uh, you know, it's funny because the nurses at the hospital here were saying, you got to call the, you know, the office, they want to talk to you. And I said, okay. They know you got to call. And I said, I've been traded. They would not trade you. Like, there's no way they would trade you, right? And I go, uh, I've been traded, because why else would you call at 6.30 in the morning to a hospital? <laughs> it's like, I said, don't worry about it. Somebody will call me to tell me where I've been traded to. And as it turned out, it was Dougie Gilmore's wife. And she was freaking out and like, we've been all traded. And I'm going, like, who's we? Like, Because I, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, she gave me the list of, uh, of who got traded. And I was thinking to myself, you know, obviously... You're a little boastful about yourself. I, I'm pretty important here and, you know, whatever. But, um, I, you know, I didn't think that the trade was fair right out of the gate. And uh, obviously, as, as you mentioned earlier, as it turned out, uh, the Calgary guys that went to Toronto all had you know, a fair bit of success. And unfortunately, some of the guys that came, you know, West did not. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so can you please just tell, our, again, the
1: young viewers and refresh my memory why Doug Gilmore would say no questions on the 93 Gretzky high stick.
2: Um, you know line. what? We had, uh, I think if I remember correctly, that game where we were in LA um, and it was a good series. It was a very good series. The uh, LA was playing a little maybe above their weight. Uh, you know, I guess Wayne has a way of doing that. Um, and uh, essentially we had gone, you know, the whole game without a penalty and uh, LA hadn't had a penalty. It was just one of those tough physical uh, games that, that went on. And then I believe it was Glenn Anderson got a five minute boarding penalty with like three minutes to go or two minutes to go in the game. And we're all going like, you, you can't be calling a penalty now, like, come on. Anyway, so very quickly after that, uh, Dougie and, and Wayne Gretzky were facing off and in the, in the act of the face-off, somehow Gretzky clipped, uh, Dougie Gilmore, right? You know, between the eyes and, and cut him, And the rules back then were very clear. You cut somebody, it's, it's five, in five in game. Yeah. And we're thinking, well, we just got a five. I think it's only f- and with one of our better players. And now Gretzky's out, maybe the better player, but still, he, he just got. And, uh, and uh, you know, the ref, who, who no, Oh, I guess you should say, say it. it. <laughs> he, he just, uh, you know what? Bill McCreary? No, no. Koharski? No. Who was it? Who's got the best hair? Terry Fraser. Terry Fraser. Oh, <laughs> terrible referee, in my opinion. Well, you know what? I won't say it, but you know the point being is, like the faceoffs there, when you're dropping the puck, that's where everybody is looking. So there's no way you couldn't know. And I was right on the ice. I was four feet from him. Like, hey, I think he just got it in the face. Like, you know, like, and you know, if there's no blood, well, you carry on. But there was blood, and the rules are very clear because they were really trying to, the, the NHL was really trying to lock down on the on the high sticking. And so we're going like, okay, you just kicked our guy out. Like, and it turns out that, uh, you know, Gretzky was instrumental in, in, in scoring that, uh, you know, and changing the, the complex of that game. And then finally, after seven games back in Toronto, Gretzky breaks out, right? We had kept them in check for six games, basically. And, and we had, you know, we were 100% confident that we could go into Montreal and beat Montreal. Like, we just knew we were going to do it. We, we matched better up against them, obviously, than L.A. did. And, but it's one of those things now that you go like, well, you're just saying that. But And if you're a Montreal fan, you say, you never would have won, right? Of course. Of course they're going to say that. Yeah.
1: What a series that would have been and would have been the greatest of all time.
2: Uh, yeah, it would have been last time uh, ever it would have happened, right? Because now they're, yeah. they're both in the same division. Yeah, exactly. Well,
1: in the minute we have left, the question you said you get a lot is, what's the better cup, Calgary or Detroit? 98 in Detroit had to be Incredibly special.
2: Well, it it, it was incredible because um, you know you, you win the cup. You know, I went to, I went to the finals in '86, I went to the cup and, and finals and won it in '89. And you think, hey, every couple of years I'll be back, right? You know, mm-hmm. even though you realize some guys have never made it to the finals, and it was a long stretch. And we went to the semifinals twice with Toronto, but it still took a long time to get back. So it was fun to be back playing, you know, at that high level. Um, Washington was our opponent washington was good but they just were like i said a step below where detroit was detroit had so many weapons you know federoff and and iserman and and shanahan for three and (laughs) uh and then they had lidstrom and larry murphy on defense right and then bob rouse and i were the were the second pair or the defensive pair it was a pretty it was a pretty strong team and you swept them right yeah yeah we swept them in four so it wasn't quite the same but um the best part about it was a year later we went to washington to go to see the uh you know the the great or excuse me the uh the white house and uh like you land like an hour early it only takes you 25 minutes to get to the white house but the police deliberately wait like 40 minutes so that they can get the sirens going and they're we're going like 85 miles an hour in a like a school bus essentially (laughs) towards the white house and they're kicking cars, and the police are kicking cars. Get over, get over, get over! And here we are with all these, you know, millionaire hockey players, and they've all got their heads out the windows, just watching the scene go yeah, on. And then God we, God bless America. And then we, then we land, uh, land. We arrive at the White House, and it's like, oh yeah, we still got fifteen minutes. It's like, <laughs> it's like early, yeah. so I tell that story, and people go like, well, why? What? And I said. It's the VIP. Uh, it's a motorcade. Per, motorcade. Yeah, and that's what it is. So, and that
1: was the Clinton with the legendary uh, Steve Azerman, right, right? We had the jersey. Yeah, well, We're going to Welcome, Steve Azurman to the White House.
2: That, well, that was the year before. Was the that year was before? the second year. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Could, I mean, didn't know the name. Didn't know anything. You figure some one of his helpers would have figured out how to say, "Hey, this guy's one of the most important guys in the league. You should at least know Swing, his name, right? but, Yeah. Exactly." Uh, but it was, it was fun. I got to see the White House, and, uh, and that was also almost as exciting as winning it. What a life. Yeah. Jamie, this has been
1: amazing. Thank you for coming down. I hope we can do it again. Give me a call. Absolutely. Jamie McCown, Calgary Flames great two-time Stanley Cup champion. We'll be back with more from Gray Eagle right after this break. You're watching on Game Plus Television, YouTube live streaming, and you can always enjoy the podcast wherever you find the best podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify.
0: Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
1: Who who, Who we got up, Clark? Okay. Well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, welcome back, everybody, to uh, the RP Show here. I should have checked my notes. We didn't talk about that in the morning meeting today. So uh, text me what I need to know, Clark, please. And while I await that, the uh, sports update from this Tuesday, the red-hot Toronto Maple Leafs are home to the Buffalo Sabres tonight in a battle of regional rivals. Toronto's won eight of its last ten and has locked down a playoff spot. Owen Power. The number one pick in the 2021 draft will make his NHL debut for the Sabres, who have lost three in a row. Elsewhere in the NHL tonight, the Pacific leading Calgary Flames carry a four-game win streak into their home game with the Seattle Kraken. The second-place Edmonton Oilers, seven points back of the Flames, are in Minnesota. The Ottawa Senators visit Detroit, and the Vancouver Canucks play host to the Vegas Golden Knights. Pittsburgh Penguin star of Jenny Malkin has been suspended four games for cross-checking Nashville's Mark Berecki in the face. The NHL's Department of Player Safety announced the suspension last night after holding a hearing with Malkin about the play. The four-game ban will cost Malkin... $190,000 in salary. Pitcher Yusei Kikuchi will make his Toronto Blue Jays debut in the Bronx today as the Jays meet the Yankees in the second game of their four-game series. Toronto improved to 3-1 Monday with a 3 nothing win at Yankee Stadium. Kikuchi, former All-Star with the Seattle Mariners, signed a three-year $36 million deal with the Jays last month. And the NBA playoffs kick off tonight. I'll tell you more about that next segment. I will tell you that this sports update is brought to you by Dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Visit today, Dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G. Protein bars now with eight amazing flavors, including the new almond mocha. RP show viewers get twenty percent off of the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at g2gbars.ca. All right, it is our uh, distinct pleasure to welcome in from Winnipeg, from the Winnipeg Ice, Carson Lambos, and the Ice have been in the news as the winners of the Scotty Monroe Award, the regular season champions. Carson uh, back on the program. And it's a pleasure to chat with you. how you doing today, Carson.
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh,
1: so I would say congratulations on winning that regular season trophy, but as a guy that worked in the league for 17 years, uh, about as long as you've been alive, I, it's not the trophy that you want. Uh, was there any celebration in the ice cave on Sunday when you guys clinched that thing or what, what was the team reaction to being the regular season champions of the Western Hockey League?
3: Yeah, it's definitely a bit of an accol- accomplishment that we're, we acknowledge a little bit, but uh, I don't think it's our... It's definitely not our our end goal, and I think uh, we have a lot bigger things planned for this team than just uh, just that.
1: Oh, I'm sure you do. But take me through this season, um, Carson, because you were number one rated for most of the year. And last I checked, I think you still are. But you had that little swoon. I uh, broadcast one of your games in Red Deer when you guys lost and went into Edmonton on that holiday Monday and lost there. And I haven't talked to anybody from the ice since. What was that like, that little stretch where you struggled in Alberta? You've gotten back on track, but did that put any doubt in the back of you guys' minds or just tick you off?
3: No, I don't think there was any, ever, ever any doubt in our group or uh, thinking that you know, we're not capable. I think there was definitely a rough patch there, but uh, I think it tested our, um, our resilience and it kind of taught us that we need to play the game the right way regardless of how much skill we have in the room. And I think... Uh, you know, it served us well those, those, uh, you know, couple weeks of, you know, what you could call a rough patch. And uh, I think we've really, really gone, uh, gone the right direction since then.
1: Actually, that's now that I think about it. Zach Benson was on shortly after that, and we talked about that exact same thing. He said it never made you guys doubt each other Zach said by the way he could have stayed on the uh, road for three four weeks that he loved it so much coming out to Alberta how about you is that you you guys were winning at home and on the road but this seems like a team that really gets along what's it like in that dressing room
3: yeah it's lots of fun uh going to the rink every day uh you know go with a smile on my face and it kind of stays that way the whole time there I think it's uh I really enjoy being around these guys Uh, some of us we played together for three four years and um, you know, even, you know, younger guys come in. Uh, it's lots of fun. And I think we, we do a good job of, of making everybody feel welcome at the rink. And uh, we have a really, really strong team bond.
1: Well, they've been good pretty much since you've been there. What is the secret to success for the Winnipeg ice? I know for a fact we've got a lot of Winnipeg viewers. That whole city has taken up and, and noticed. I mean, it wasn't great that you played all the games in Regina last year. They couldn't come out and see you. But this year you're playing to a full house every night what is the secret? Is it talent? Is it chemistry? Is it everything? What would you put your finger on as to why you've been able to win so much?
3: Yeah, I don't think you can deny that we have a lot of talent uh, on our team and a lot of skill. But uh, I think, you know, we just have a team that competes every night. And I think that's what the game comes down to a lot is hard work and, and what you're willing to put in is what you're going to get out. And I think uh, our group really does work, work hard every night and usually outwork our opponents. And I think, you know, that's a big reason for our success. So this week,
1: I have to say that you guys, radio guy and PR guy, Brian Munns, is cranking out NHL caliber information. I just, I tell Munnsy every time that I see him. The guy does a great job. And I know you're home to the Pats Thursday, Friday to conclude the regular season. You guys gear up to face uh, Conor Bedard and the Pats. What, is there any talk ahead of the game? We're two days out. Is it special to face this kid that gets all the hype?
3: No, I think we're more focused on ourselves, especially this time of year. Uh, You know, our last two games before playoffs, I think we really want to dial it in and uh, be playing our system well and be playing, uh, you know, defensive first game. So, yeah, he's obviously a good player, but I think we're going to approach it like we approach every other game.
1: Oh, he is going after some records, so I'm sure that you'll be keying in on shutting those down anyways. But what what is the focus then? What do you need to find? To, you just won the regular season. What more could you possibly be hoping to accomplish here before the playoffs start?
3: Yeah, I think it's just understanding as a group that playoff hockey is going to be a little bit different than the regular season. Uh, you know, really try to limit mm. the opponent's chance and not take many risks uh, within the game. So I think... It's just, you know, making it hard for the other team to get anything going and, uh, you know, take take lot skill, take the game over when, when it can.
1: Very good point. And as a matter of fact, James Patrick would not let you guys take your eye off the ball. Just tell me what it's like playing for Jeep, a guy that I've known a long time and have a ton of respect for. What, what, what's his secret to success?
3: Yeah, Jeep's awesome. Uh, he's been a great coach for me personally the past three years, but... Uh, for our team you know when our team's as good as we are and we can go on stretches of winning for for you know long periods of time I think he just does a really good job of keeping us reeled in and uh, letting us not you know get away from the system or doing things on our own page and staying on uh, the team first kind of mentality so I think he does a really good job of that and it's pretty crucial when you know we have a team where we might be able to get away with the little things here and there but um, you know in the end we're not going to be able to get away with those things so uh, he's on us every night, even if you know it seems like the game's over with the score, or whatever. But I think you know he keeps us ready and kind of has that end goal in mind.
1: Well, he's a tremendous hockey coach, a tremendous person, and uh, please give him my regards. I, I'm hoping that you got some playoff games out here in Alberta uh, as the thing uh, rolls along here, and you go deep, and we we'll have a chance maybe to be in the booth with Munzee again. Carson, thanks for this visit today, and go Ice. Appreciate the time.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Carson Lambos of the Winnipeg Ice. And I didn't want to say to him, but I am starting a movement. I don't know how far it'll go, but I would like to see the Winnipeg Ice playing their playoff games in the Canada Life Center, home of the Winnipeg Jets, because I do not think the Jets are going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Ice are playing in a 1,600-seat facility. I think they could sell that thing out. And people say, well, the Moose are playing in the playoffs too. There's room for both teams. And I know that it's separate ownership. But I hope they come together and pack that place. It could be a I think it just seems like something Winnipeg could get behind here uh, this spring. Lee will join us next for overtime as we wrap a wonderful day on the RP show. We'll be right back on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio as always at RodPeterson.com.
0: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Show now.
1: It is overtime. It's the final segment. And for some, the most popular segment is we uh, will jump into a viewer takeover here for Taco Time. And overtime, as always, is brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace. You're home for the UFC and the National Hockey League. I'll be honest, I'm still... Riding a wave on the interview with Jamie McCown as we bring in our co-host today, Lee Genier, award-winning sports executive. And I appreciate, I think, I don't know whomever was responsible for getting Jamie McCown down here. Clark Books, the guest. So thank you, Clark. Like, I'm a longtime fan, but Lee, that was better than I even. Fantastic. I never met him before.
0: What a great. great guy. Amazing guy. Amazing guy. Great stories and so down to earth.
1: Yes.
0: So he gave me his cell number. Here's my number. Use it.
1: Nobody gives out their number. Not NHL players, football players. Anyways, just from some of the viewers, um, well, I can't. I'll just... They like the idea of the Winnipeg Ice playing at Canada Life Center. I was remiss in mentioning, I didn't mention and I should have, it's Carson Lambeau's bobblehead night Thursday night at Wayne Fleming Arena, the Ice Cave in Winnipeg, on oh the Ice bad. Host Gods team, the Regina Pats. Uh, and it's hilarious too, by the way. I said to Jamie McCown, if you missed it, I said, there's a town in Saskatchewan called McCoon. Hmm. He says, they're saying it wrong. I'm related to the guy. It was hilarious, man. Lee, that's hey, funny stuff. Hey, man, they're going to have to rewrite Canadian history. How about I just that? discovered it today. <laughs> I'm going to be driving through it next month. I'm going to tell I'm going to stop. You're all saying it wrong. They won't care. They won't that's care. good. We- well, they,
0: yeah, well, yeah, take exactly. the show
1: there right. <laughs> to McCoon. well we're taking it to estevan not far away what a day in calgary uh look at the snow flurries are people going to be grumpy around here um yeah. Like, yeah it was
0: 22 degrees last friday i was i was laying out getting the sun tan
1: <laughs> i know you still have it yeah i uh, my tan's almost gone um tell me about this tarp auction thing that we're going to tonight again i'm a little. I'm not nervous, but as I've never been to this before.
0: Well, you know what? It, it is one of those things. It's one of the preeminent events in Cal. Like it, it is the kind of the official, unofficial start of Stampede, right? So it's kind of the who's who of uh, business people, celebrities, chuck wagon drivers, you name it. So you know what? Uh, it's a great place to go mingle, meet some, you know, just meet some great people. Um, there'll be a lot of fireworks going off tonight, I'm sure, just because. You know what? It didn't happen last year. And um, our friends at the Stampede, everybody's excited. Like, I mean, the Stampede is, is truly iconic around the world, just not Calgary, right? So it's great to have it back, and um, it's going to be a great night for
1: us. Yeah, well, I was looking them up on Twitter. You tagged the Calgary Stampede on Twitter. So I looked at it. I was already following it, but I didn't remember that 130,000-plus followers, like, it's a big deal. It, it really so. is. It Um, really is looking forward to being there tonight at the tarp auction, uh, as my cousin Christine in medicine hat says sports talk with live chat. How could you ask for more? Love it. She says big time event. So that's tonight. And we're going to it. Rick Haglin watching says McCown McCoon and bean fate are the most mispronounced Saskatchewan town names. Yeah, I think you're supposed to say fe and we in Sask say fate. BW in Edmonton says huge. How many? This event's huge. How many people are going to be here tonight, Lee? Oh, a thousand. thousand. Easy. Okay, you said fireworks going off. Is this literal or figurative, and is it indoor or outdoor?
0: Well, it, it's indoor. It's indoor, and thank God, because it's minus 15 out. Um, no, it's indoor, and I just mean that there's going to be a lot of energy in the room, and um, and uh, like I say, a lot of people, just a lot of happy people getting out. It's, it's a great, great. I've been t- tons before. So.
1: Good. Uh, I just want to mention before we go off air, here's what we're going to be following tonight. 14 NHL games. Blue Jays at the Yankees as they go for their sixth win in a row at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Western Hockey League tonight, Moose Jaw Warriors are at the Brandon Wheat Kings. Portland's at Tri-City out west. In the SJHL, there's one semifinal still going on. Last minute of play in the RP show. Last minute of play. There's one semifinal still going on. The Humboldt Broncos are home tonight to the Flin Flon Bombers. Two iconic Junior A franchises meeting in a semifinal. Bombers up three games to one, hoping to punch their ticket to the league final where the Estevan Bruins await. And here in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, it's Brooks at Okotoks tonight and also Spruce Grove at Drayton Valley. So we're following that. If you Ontario teams want to tell us who's playing, write in in the chat, write in in the text line, BC Hockey League, whatever you want. Let us know, and we'll get the word out for you. So today it has been a very busy show. Thank you to Shane Knighty, Jamie McCown, Carson Lambos, Lee Genier, Lee, always a lot of fun. Thanks for your help. Always, Brad. Always. All right, we're done. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern with more great guests and great friends right here on Game Plus TV.
0: For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.